This is the Yacht Business Podcast, and I'm your host, David Fuller. In this episode, we talk to a software entrepreneur mixing wearables with water sports. Thanks for joining me for another edition of the Yacht Business Podcast, where we take a look at the commercial side of the marine sector and the water sport industry. In this episode, I am joined by Gabriela Hernandez, who is co-founder and CMO of Canara Sport Tech. Canara is an app which is designed to help kite surfers and paddleboarders and sailors keep track of their data and share their sport with others. So welcome, Gabriela. Thank you for joining me. Why don't you start with a little bit about yourself? How did you, I noticed on your, one of your profiles, it said that you were a lawyer. So um, oh. how did you, how did you get into the, into the sailing app business? Well, first of all, I just say thank you for having, for inviting us. I'm, I'm, my name is Gabby Hernandez. I'm originally from the Cayman Islands. Uh, so naturally grew up on the water. Um, I did study law and policy. I did not go on to become like a barrister or a solicitor because I very quickly realized that I did not enjoy the law that much and didn't want to pursue that career. Um, so I had worked in the financial services industry. I'd also had quite a, been involved in quite a bit of technical projects in terms of the company that I had worked for. When I wanted, I was also very much involved with a lot of especially marine related issues. So it's always been something that's very close to me, the environment, the marine environment. And I wanted to start working more so in the aspect of sustainability. So I ended up leaving, ended up going to the UK where I started working for Sustainable Ventures um, and doing the communications and so on for the sustainable workspaces. And it really was the first kind of um, environment um, going from Cayman to London where there's a lot more of a tech scene. There's a lot more focus on innovation and finding different solutions and so on. So it definitely gave me that exposure. Then when I had met my co-founder, um, he was a kiteboarder. He had actually come to me with this idea about doing a device that would be able to like, help track his kite sessions, that he'd be able to share them with his friends, that he'd be able to you know, compete with other kiters. And I thought it was a really interesting idea. Immediately, I saw like, oh, this doesn't have to be just like kiteboarding. This could be with, for example, I do paddle. Um, obviously, sailing is a big sport. Um, you have lots of new modalities coming up, such as wing foil. We have over 150 sessions, uh, different types of sports that we're tracking. For, so for us, we really were just in, really excited by this idea of being able to you know, connect people that have these shared interests and being able to provide solutions that would be able to they would be able to interact and engage with one another in the, the way that we were thinking. So that was really more so the core of the idea and some little solid background for myself and my co-founder, Ali. And then that's how we started. We started developing. We started, um, so as I mentioned, it was initially had this idea for the hardware. Um, a certain type of device and one of the things that we quickly realized is that you know there are a number of hardware solutions and so on 
And each of them have their benefits and they're great, but there are also many limitations um, in terms of the accuracy, the reliability. They're oftentimes really expensive um, and limited in terms of the connectivity. Say, for example, you use this device, it's very difficult to then interact with this person. I really was thinking, well, how about we focus more so on the software side and the data side? Um, We've come a long way in terms of um, connectivity. And one of the things was that we really wanted to focus on like, okay, there is already the hardware and the devices and equipment out there. How best can we leverage the technology in terms of being able to connect that and utilize the information that we're able to harness from these devices, as well as from the environment and so on, to be able to produce data that is valuable. So as you said, focusing more so on the athletes um, initially. Yeah, I guess that's that's always been the, one of the downsides of sailing is that it's a niche sport and therefore some of the other apps that are developed for running or developed for football or developed for some of these other supports that are pay- played by millions and millions of people don't exactly get the little the little details that somebody who's on a kite board or on a on a sailboat wants you know in terms of you know what was the what was the wind doing or what was the current doing or you know what were my what were my competitors thinking at the at the same time, and obviously, on one end, on the one hand, you've got multi-million-dollar solutions developed by the America's Cup in order to, you know, create graphic overlays and some awesome data that's coming out of CellGP. I was down at CellGP mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago in Dubai, and they've got an entire container full of Oracle Cloud equipment, which is giving the teams real-time information off the off the boats from like a hundred sensors, or yeah, from a consumer point of view, or somebody who's out you know, racing around the cans or going for a 30 minute kite surf, you know, there's, it's been, it's been missing from those sort of Strava apps and, and other apps. Whenever I went paddleboarding, Strava always thought I was walking, but I was on the sea. So That's actually it. You know, um, we, we really like apps and one of our biggest inspirations were apps like Strava. If say, for example, you, one of our initial issues, it sounds really minor, but it was the, I'm going for a paddle session. And I come out of the water. I forget to turn off my um, my watch or stop, you know, recording. And at the end of the day, even if I'm trying to, I don't mind it being called walking, for example. But even if I'm trying to compare with someone else, it's not really accurate. You know, there's the, especially depending on, you're in a completely different environment. The signal also we need to be taken for, right? It's, it's not built for the environment or the use. So we're just like, how can we make something as, as easy and simple to use as a Strava, but particularly for sailors and water sports athletes, right? We know it's a niche, it's a niche community, but I mean, looking at the numbers, you know, um, the interest is growing, especially amongst the younger generation. As we mentioned, we first started in um, kiting, for example, where you can see a huge number of really young athletes competing at a very high professional level. And in terms of onboarding, say, for example, introducing this kind of technology to the younger athletes and so on, it's really easy um, for them to understand that they can play, they can compete, they can practice with one another and just have a log of their stories and also just shareable material. You know, now that we live in this digital age where a lot of our social interactions are online. Yeah. I remember taking my uh, phone on uh, sailing on big boats, on keelboats, 
and that's one thing you can you know stick the phone downstairs and it's and it's fine keeping it not uh sorry keeping it dry yeah. and a paddleboarding session is uh you know not something that everyone has had access to so i guess things like wearables has changed the game a little bit there so Tell me a little bit about that. What are some of the changes in the technology that's happened that that has enabled the, the this app to be able to be delivered the way you're delivering it? I think that really this is we're we're benefiting from just like the change of times, right? Um, nowadays, everyone more or less has a smartphone. A few years ago, the idea of using, say, for example, smartwatches and so on wasn't as common um, as it is now. And I really think that's because now there's so many there's so many options as well as there's a, an option for basically any budget, which is, then makes this technology way more accessible to people. And I think as you were mentioning before, if you, if you have the America's Cup, you have CLGP that are doing great things in, and as well as say, for example, the ocean race and so on, that are doing amazing things in terms of trying to leverage technology, new technologies in this, for these major events um, to try and help bring the action to the community, right? Um, however, it's these the utilization of these technologies, right, for the tracking and the sharing and visualization of these activities is still very much reserved to a high tier. You know, we're talking like the best of the best events. So what we're really trying to do is being able to also like leverage the um, accessibility technologies that are available to the, uh, the regular average day sailor or rider to be able to track and share their sessions. Um, right now, we're just doing the being able to record and um, analyze your sessions, be able to compete in the rankings. Sometimes we organize some kind of events, right, where we'll say, oh, this is a top speed challenge or a top distance challenge, you know, um, to enable the athletes to be able to interact with one another as well as they have the option of creating so on like match style races between each other, right? right. In the future, one of the things that um, we're looking at doing is and um, that we've been working on behind the scenes, we've been testing it and um, we plan on releasing this in the new year, is actually just like a 360 um, revisualization of these sessions, like in 3D, that people will be able to interact with their sessions, look at it, um, but then also create little shareable um, clips of their activities that they can easily share online. And then the obvious evolution after that is then the, the revisualization of races and regattas. Is it live tracking? Not, set, not to be honest right now, no. The live tracking is still pretty, um, it's something that's still being worked on. And I think there are a number of players um, so that you're aware of that are trying to implement this um it's also a different audience isn't it a different user case because if you're mm -hmm. out there on the water you don't need to see that data in real time you know unless you're in a coach situation or you're in a semi-professional yeah like i say if you've got a coach or you're doing a training session or you're doing a, a camp or something then maybe that information could be useful in real time to a to a coach but i i can't see I mean, I, I couldn't care less whether or not I knew how fast my, I was going at that particular time. I quite happily go back and look at the file later and see and analyze yeah. it. Yeah, the real time thing is probably less of a less of a thing. But it could also, I guess, be really useful from a from a protest point of view. But we'll get, we'll get maybe get to that in a bit. 
I'm just thinking back not that far long ago. I I had a Samsung version two gear two watch, and I don't think even mm-hmm. that had GPS. It had Bluetooth connectivity. It had Wi-Fi, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. that wouldn't work out on the out in the water. And I'm pretty sure it didn't have GPS either. So even in one generation of of the wearables, it's moved on fairly mm-hmm. significantly. Exactly, and this is this is um, one of the things that we're we're noticing. Where, um, for for example, just a few years ago, the idea of say Apple Watch being taken into the water would have been crazy. But now um, you'd be surprised. That's one of the next integrations that we're going to be putting in. How many people are ready for it? Because now they've reached up to a standard that they can be a bit more. Um, they can withstand more damage. But also one of the things that we, we've definitely been looking at because, sure, for, for the athletes um, right now, our tool is perfect for them just having a debrief of their section. However, going forward, we've done some tests in like the form, with the Formula Kite Spain series in doing a complimentary event. And one of the things that we definitely saw would be interesting is trying to bring that action online. So I was actually listening to your chat with uh, James Pleasant um, before and when he was talking about the um, you asked about local fans right like are there many most of the fans local or are they traveling many people flying in to come and see and it's true many of these um, events they are great opportunities um, for tourism and um, fan engagement and so on but we're not at that stage as of yet um, that's not to say that there is not the interest for people to be able to watch these events online, to have them more accessible, because there, there are a number of events that are being organized around the world, sure. right? Sure. We're startup, we're still in early days and so on. And so um, many of our athletes, the uh, ones that are based in Spain, yeah. At least we've been, we've still been able to meet quite a few uh, athletes from, say, France or Germany, the US and the UK and so on. And the the, the stories that they have are really inspiring, you know, to see. And um, the work that they put in is also impressive. You know, it's really, really cool. So, um, so what's the what's the business model? How do you make money? So the business model, we have three verticals. So one, we have the application, which right now is free. However, we will be doing a freemium model on that. So, for example, ad- advanced statistics, advanced features, um, being able to um, have a bit more uh, options in terms of interacting with other users or taking part in organizing events and so on via the platform. That will, those will all be free. We also, secondly, have just in in the last month finalized our tool for coaches, clubs, and teams. Okay. When we released the app, we had quite a few coaches um, and high-level athletes that came up to came to us, and they were like, "This would be amazing. Would it be possible to have certain tools or uh, complementary additions onto the application that would enable them to simplify the management of activities um, of their athletes, as well as their activities? So whether that be training or competition, get an oversight of the athlete's performance after all um, afterwards." you know, being able to compare stats between your athletes and so on. And in the future, what we're going to be implementing is reporting, right? Um, reporting is something that's really, really important, for example, in deci- determining which athletes get certain um, sponsorships and um, so on and so forth so right. that they can accelerate in their career. 
Um, also in terms of their being able to track, you know, participation uh, within the clubs, those kind of things. And then lastly, what it is, is working with brands as well as event organizers in terms of hosting sponsored events, whether that be in terms of via our platform or integrated kind of campaigns that are complementary in terms of social media um, campaigns um, or offline kind of events. Um, but providing a kind of more interactive experience by the platform. Right, right. That makes that makes sense. Uh, is it capturing biometric data as well? Yes. Some of um, the only recently introduced some of the heart rate data, which is very interesting for a number of the coaches and the high-level athletes that we have. And our idea is that in the future, we're going to be refining the kind of the data and so on that we're providing based on the user feedback, you know. But the heart rate is the initial one that we've put in for now. Sailing, sometimes um, sailing clubs can be quite old school. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, what sort of barriers have you come up against or objections have you come up against from the, or have you come up against any objections from the from the sailing community or the clubs? Yeah, I mean, as with everything, you know, um, some people are generally pretty comfortable with how they've done things. I think that's one of the reasons why the sailing and water sports industry has lagged behind other sports in terms of digitalization. However, I think that's really changing. Once we've actually gone and they sit down with the coaches and the sports directors and so on, and we show them the platform, platform and walk them through, they love it and they see that like this will be able to save time as well as money in terms of being able to managing the clubs and doing different tasks right however to, there is a learning curve you know once you're being um to implement new tools or new methods and so on it does take some time it takes some onboarding it takes some use and making sure um for the people to adapt it into their routine especially if people have been doing things in a certain way for a longer period of time and that's fine you know the things take time and one of the things that we're trying to focus on is making sure that we're taking all the feedback that we're able to take the feedback on from the clubs and the coaches and athletes that we're working with to improve the platform and so that they are deriving the, the value you know we're not just saying that here we have something it's great use it no that they themselves begin to use it because it is providing them those intended benefits. Well, if there's one thing that sailors and water sports people love doing is talking about the race over and over and over again. So I guess if you've got stats and tracks and things like that, you can sort of have endless conversations in the bar afterwards about what really went on. And I said, I guess you could also perhaps use it in, um, you know, protests or something like that in terms of, you know, I'm thinking more of the sailing side of things rather than the, the, the other side of things, but in competitive um, environments, if you could use the the tracking and it was accurate enough, you could see, you know, where someone tacked or where someone was in the right or someone might have been in the wrong in that sort of situation as well. That would be that would be amazing. Um, but we definitely will take time to get there. You know, um, I think we're still in in quite a few modalities, especially a number of different classes. They don't even allow tracking right right and say for example i'm a i truly come from more like paddle surfing so i'm a sailor not every you know not every rider or someone feels that they need to be tracked for example you know there are so many people as well that are like i want to just go out on the water and 
forget my phone. I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't want to be necessarily competitive or comparing my stats with anybody else. And that's perfectly fine too. At the end of the day, it's just where we want to be able to provide stats that are interesting. That will be, you know, if it's just for personal use, um, the application, you can track, analyze your sessions, you know, track your progress over time, have a log of your activity, try and keep motivated. But also if you're looking for more the social element, being able to add your friends, create one-on-one um, -on -one challenges with them, right? Whether you're in Dubai, for example, or in Spain, you know, just being able to go out and enjoy your time, upload your sessions, and then be able to have a quick overview of those. Like, as we as we develop over time, we'd definitely be able to compound upon those. Ideally, compound upon them so um, these capabilities so that they as much simulate the kind of real world um, interactions that we have, you know, as people involved in these sports, you know, being able to just go out and ride with other people and share the experiences, right? As you were saying. Sure. Making that easier yeah, for people. Actually, and you've got a fairly you've got a fairly substantial roadmap already um, in terms of things that you want to add into the into the app. I mean I've been mm -hmm. an app developer for a long time or at least software developer for a long time. And I know that these the list just keeps keeps getting longer. <laughs> Even once you've launched it, it just things <laughs> think people want more and more stuff exactly um it's a challenge but i think that's really it's it's really exciting um and some of the the ideas you know that are out there are they're really cool just to kind of go back say for example one of the new technologies are coming up right and how the wearables for example are changing like right now if you are involved in many of in any of these events that involve the live tracking and sharing, um, some of the feedback that we've gotten from people are like the devices and so on that they have to use are very clunky. Sometimes they break during the competition. So, you know, it's expensive to get one piece for every single competitor, those kind of things. Ideally, by working on the data over time, um and as people become much more accepting with this we're seeing people are becoming much uh, sharing and comparing their stats more as we become more comfortable with the in the use of data um in competitions as the data becomes more reliable i think the possibilities are really endless and we can see that from other sports formula one football there's been a major um, these sports have, have been able to very intelligently utilize technology to as i was saying before bring the action online and make these sports much more accessible and engaging to the wider to a wider audience well i guess there's just there's just that always a segment of the fan base that just want to geek out on the stats you know <laughs> whether it's you know the number the distance covered on a football field all the way through to you know what the max heart rate of the grinder was on a on a sale GP boat, you know, once the data's there, there are a certain segment of the fan base who just want to geek out on the on the numbers. Yeah. You also have say um, they have the uh, in new wearables that are coming up. You have the many of the next generation are going to be five G, right? Yeah. And as those kind of networks go on, that's going to mean that that's why I say further down the pipeline, we're interested in the race tracking and analysis and revisualization because that will you'll have much more accuracy and much more potential 
to be able to do that without the need for these complicated additional devices by using, and sometimes it's just the uh, more sort of methodology. So for example, trying to implement like gamification um, in terms of the rankings and create your own challenges, those kind of things that keep people motivated and engaged and interacting with one another. Um, these are also things that we want to continue working on um, to make the, plan the platform more fun to use, I think, saying again looking back on Strava they've done an excellent job in doing that for the running and cycling community. I'm spending a lot of time looking at uh, mixed reality and extended reality and these types of things at the moment and I think that that collision will be quite interesting you know people you know maybe sitting at home playing a playing you know sailing against someone who's sailing in real time out on the water or if you can make that matching happen and make sure that obviously they won't feel hot or cold or there's a certain amount of that simulation element I guess that's that's coming of being able to almost race virtual versus real um real time <clears throat> maybe some of the sailors won't want to go full AR but it's it, you know I can see that if, if you don't have to sort of always look down at your wrist and you've or you've got something in a in a glasses type sunglasses type configuration then that that could be quite interesting moving forward I'm not sure how far away we are from from that yet We'll definitely see. There is, uh, as I said, we decided we wanted to focus more so on the software side of things, the and the data, and hopefully that. And so, just focusing more so on add additional integrations, so that we can hopefully make the platform compatible with these new technologies. Whether it be like the glasses that come up, that sounds really cool. When we actually came up with the idea of Canaro, was it right um, just before we had to go into lockdown? And one of the first videos I remember seeing after a month in lockdown was a guy who had created a rig up in his garage with like a rope and his harness. And he was using his Oculus to like simulate kiteboarding during the lockdown and is um, there. And, you know, as we've seen, like that, that's a bit crazy and so on. But oftentimes we understand that not everywhere has, say, for example, left this, the, the pandemic. Outside of the pandemic, it's also just making these sports a bit more accessible to other people who may not be able to go out on the water you know, right. for whatever circumstances right. that may be. Although um, I did, I did see it a very, very cool full body haptic suit last week, which was which is being used in all sorts of in all sorts of different applications. The only downside of that is it's fifteen thousand bucks. There you go. That's crazy, but I mean. Right now, we're we're trying to, you know, focus on the, there's a lot of high-tech solutions out there. If I was supposed to summarize the, our approach of doing it, is trying to bring a lot of these high-tech concepts and practices that we already kind of see in the industry, but bring it down to the, to the, to the mass level, you know, so that we can track and share and well yeah um, even, as you say even at a club level if you're doing sort of some some mm -hmm. basic training or coaching or things like that if you can put that data that used to be only in the hands of you know america's cup coaches in the hands of local club coaches then then that's uh that's pretty cool um mm -hmm. and as the technology gets cheaper it'll be easier and easier to do so. for a long time we were feeling like we were getting told like this technology is very niche. You're looking at a very niche audience. And definitely recently, we have these ideas. And um, it's really interesting that you worked in the motorsports before. So you're, you already are aware of 
how other sports have been able to do this. And for some reason, despite, you know, sailing and, you know, water sports like windsurfing, kiteboarding, whichever are very technical. I think it's it's a different it's a different commercial ecosystem. So at the end of the day, a lot of motorsport is about selling cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and water sport, especially sailing, is not necessarily about selling boats or sails. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know, sail GP is not about selling F fifties. You know, it's it's about creating a television product. Whereas Formula mm-hmm. One is about you know, Audi being able to say, or McLaren being able to say, our car's really quick mm-hmm. and therefore you should go and buy a McLaren. And so it, it does come down to, the other thing it comes down to is sponsorship activation, which in some parts of sailing is embraced mm-hmm. and in some parts of sailing is a dirty word, especially in the States. So in the mm-hmm. US, if you talk about sponsorship and sailing in the same sentence, you get, you know, oh, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. Whereas in France, you know, every mm-hmm. Vendée Globe boat has a, has a big sponsor on the sale and yeah. it's just part of how the Vendée Globe works. Uh, and I think some of the more extreme side of things, whether it be kiting or whether it be paddle boarding, you know, you've got, whether it be uh, supplement companies or energy drink companies or fashion, more fashion sort of brands involved in those sports. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. slightly different market, but, you know, as you say, you can probably activate some of those, some of those products so there's obviously some really complementary technology for you guys, whether it be Garmin or whether it be some of the other wearable brands. One of the ways we think of it is, for example, is because we think of it as just like the industry is just being really fragmented, right? And so yeah. you have um, even things like buying material and stuff. There are online shops, right? But most people, most shops don't even have their stock online. You know, people buy locally, but there are a number of brands such as Fly Surfer, Mystic, Nor, that do sponsor quite a few events within the yeah. industry. Um, yeah. But they're definitely at that local level. Um, yeah, I'm living in Greece at the moment. I didn't know what Mystic was until I came to Greece. And there's a, <laughs> there's a massive windsurfer community and kite surfer community in Greece. You know, I went down to one of these beach clubs and it had Mystic flags everywhere and I'd never heard of them as a brand. I, I grew up with Gastra and Neil Pride and you know all of, all of those guys exactly like um very much more for us it's just more the um dive brands more so and uh, o'neill or billabong you know more the american um the brands are more, more popular in the state it's definitely a completely different ecosystem and i'm wondering if it's just like there's so many players we're very interested in exploring in terms of like how are we also able to try and use, use the platform to as we grow a community, obviously, to start um, giving visibility to brands or sponsors within the sector. Oh, that's super cool. There's also, I think we associate these sports, um, sailing or kiting, winter things, surf, paddle. Um, they're also with the lifestyle. Um, oh, definitely. Definitely. You know? Yeah. The same, same with sailing, whether it's, you know, a foiling moth sailor versus a you know, a, a laser boat sailor or a or a laser sailor, yeah. No, interesting stuff. It's a bit getting a bit cold in Greece to do any paddling or anything at the moment, but um, yeah, I'll have to download the app and uh, have a play. Thank you so much again. Well, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, well, I, I I think the audience will enjoy uh, learning more about uh, about the app, and I'll put the link in the show notes as well, so people can download it and have a play as well.
Thank you so much, David. And I hope you have a good rest of the day and we'll speak soon. If you want to keep in touch with what's going on in the yacht business, subscribe to the podcast and get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. If you get some value from the content, then you can subscribe via Patreon. Patreon subscribers get access to exclusive content and help to support its creation and production. You can subscribe via our website, yachtbusiness.biz, where you can also get in touch and give feedback about the show. The Yacht Business Podcast is produced by Palot Media.